so now let's uh, let's let's shift let's shift sports here. Let's uh, let's move to my side of the table. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be learning a little bit <laughs> for this part. So. The NHL has only had one major trade uh, as of right now. It's not the only major trade that uh, we will talk about today, but this is the biggest one uh, nearing um, a month within the trade deadline. Uh, Tyler Toffoli uh, of Montreal has been traded to Calgary for a conditional 2022 first. Uh, Tyler Pitlick, uh, Emil Heineman, uh, and that's and a fifth round pick in 2024. Honestly, looking at this at face value, Montreal has been terrible this season. Uh, they are having the worst season in franchise history, and they've been around since 1917. So that's hard to do. They're bad. Um, there's, there's a few notable names. Uh, there's this one they picked up a little while ago from uh, Vancouver. They, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, they've got some good pieces, and they were they were hoping to make some noise this year after coming off a Stanley Cup loss. Uh, they made an appearance, brought it to Game Six somehow. Um, were they the underdog in that series? Absolutely. Tampa Bay has been a spectacular team for the past decade, uh, and they were just only able to get it done. Um, I gotta say, this this pick's good. Uh, this this pickup's good for Calgary. Um, Tyler Toffoli is a really solid piece that they can throw on their second or third line. He's got nine goals, 26 points, and 37 games this year for Montreal, which that's second in scoring on that team. Only behind uh, um, Nick Suzuki, who they actually took from um, the Vegas Golden Knights in a trade for Max Pacioretty. That's a different story. That's still old news and done and over with. Um, Tyler Pitlick is really not a main piece of this trade. Uh, he's a mediocre depth piece. He's not really played many NHL games in eight seasons. Only 311. Only only has around 80 something goals. He's not he's not really an impact player. Um, you could make a story for Emil Heineman, uh, second round pick by Florida, who is an absolute stacked team right now. Um, he's doing pretty well in the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, he's got 11 goals and 16 points in 37 games, uh, and he was part of. Um, Calgary Sam Bennett trade. Now you probably don't know who any of these people are, not really. but that's okay. Um, they're not necessarily that important. But the the main thing to look at is this is really Tyler Toffoli for a conditional 2021 first. Uh, the conditions of this pick, uh, I will read this uh, exactly how I uh, typed it and how I read it. Uh, the conditions are. Uh, if the pick is top 10 in the 2022 draft, the first round pick becomes a 2023 first round plus an additional 2024 fourth round pick as compensation. So if it's top 10, it doesn't go to them, but no. they get a fourth round pick the next it'll, year. It'll turn into a 2023, third, or a 2023 first round pick and then a 2024 uh, fourth round pick. Okay, which makes sense. So from an, from an outsider perspective, who who do you think won this trade? Because Calgary Calgary is top of the of their division right now, and they're one of the the better teams in the West. Um, and they're they just picked up a very solid piece uh, moving forward. So as long as he makes an impact on that team, how do you think this goes? Well, I mean, if you're Montreal, you're rebuilding right now, right? Yep. So it kind of helps both teams. You're getting a first round pick for a solid player. I mean, you don't you're not using him right now. You're not contending. The other team is trying to contend, so they're giving up their future to win now. Kind of similar to what the Rams did by trading all of their first-round picks mm -hmm. for who knows how long to bring in the talent that they did. But for this trade, honestly, 
I'd probably say Calgary just because they're trying to win right now. Yep. And I, you're protecting that top 10 pick. I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I, I think if this plays right, so Montreal is going to get a top 10 pick. Um, okay. They are, they're got off, they're probably going to get first overall. Um, so it makes sense they put these conditions on there. But this is going to turn into three picks for Calgary on top of a prospect and a decent depth forward for, uh, for Montreal, excuse me. I mean, this could, this could really turn, this could, this could be a great trade for, for uh, Montreal. This is only probably the start of a, a, a massive liquidation of, of the Montreal team. There's probably going to be a lot of pieces moving. Um, their two main players have been out all season, which could probably be credited to why they're so bad. Um, they're actually 9-33. and 33. That's atrocious. That's, that's worse that's than tough. last year's Buffalo Sabres, who were god-awful. Um, moving on to uh, more trade stuff. We're moving into some trade rumors. Um, we've got Marc-Andre Fleury, Claude Giroux, and Jacob Chikrin topping, the, uh, topping TSN's trade bait list. Um, I want to start with Claude Giroux. He's been the biggest story walking into um, nearing the deadline. He has been phenomenal for uh, Philadelphia his entire career. He has been uh, basically their cornerstone. He's, he's their guy. He's their um, guy. And they've sadly failed to win with him. Um, they, Sounds like he went my to the 2010. <laughs> he went to the 2010 Stanley Cup Finals where they lost to my Stanley Cup winning Chicago Blackhawks. Um, but he's been a he's been a very important piece, uh, especially even this year. He's got 16 goals, 37 points in only 45 games this year. He's been uh, relatively a clean player with only 16 penalty minutes. Um, he's got three power play goals, um, and he has 19 minutes of time on ice average. Those are pretty good, like, respectable top-line stats. Um, he, uh, there was uh, some rumors circulating that he asked to be traded to um, three teams, all Western, uh, all Central teams. Minnesota, who is number two. St. Louis, who is number three. And Colorado. Chase. Dude. We're doing a podcast. You're good. <laughs> All right, hold on. We'll just run that back. So, okay. Um, so Claude Giroux asked to be traded to uh, three different teams. Um, number one in the West and Central, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, the number two team, Minnesota Wild, who have a very deep roster, and the number three, St. Louis Blues. Um, this who was do, kind who of shocking. Who do you shocking. think he's probably going to go to? So I, some, some destinations I've got listed, uh, Colorado and Florida are, are the big front runners, but um, Carolina and Boston could also make some noise uh, this season. Uh, Boston looking like a wild card team, not going to change playoff uh, spots very much uh, as the East is pretty solidified. I think, I think the front runner's got to be Colorado, but Florida could be, could be looking to, last year they had a very solid team and a very good record. But Colorado, I, I think if he lands anywhere, if he's not leaving Philadelphia, or if he is leaving Philadelphia, he's going to Colorado. I think, to Colorado. I think that's where he's going. Colorado is in heavy win-now mode. With um, They're getting close to cap issues. Um, and they are they're looking to get, get a piece that can push them over the edge. Um, Next up, I've got Marc-Andre Fleury uh, from my, my Blackhawks. Uh, he was picked up over the offseason for basically future considerations by Vegas as more of a cap circumvention than anything. Yeah. 
he's struggled a little bit behind Chicago's bad defense, and I can say that watching them plenty this season. Um, they have struggled severely. He's got about um, his record. He's played 36 games, so he's been their their 1A uh, most the entire season. Um, he is 16, 17, and three, so not terrific. Um, he's got 100 goals against, which you put that into perspective. It's really not that bad, but given that he's got a 9-10 save percentage and uh, it, precisely 2.88 goals against average, that's not that's not a very good stat line. Um, that looks like just about every Chicago goaltender that we've seen in the past, give or take, four years. Um, it's not bad then. He he has publicly stated that if he were to move. He hasn't said he wants to. He said if he were to move, since he's in a lot of trade rumors, um, that he would like to go to a winning team. And do you think the organization will do that, or do you think they'll trade him for best value? I, I think what they're going to do is they're going to try and do him right. Uh, he has been listed multiple times as a very desirable teammate by all the teams he's played for. He's been a, a, a complete inspiration on all teams. Um, I, I see his, his biggest destination, in my opinion, if, he, if he's going to move. I think he will. Uh, granted, he was considering uh, retirement this, uh, this offseason from getting moved to Chicago. There's a lot of drama surrounding that. But uh, Edmonton is in serious need of a solid goaltender like Marc-Andre Fleury. And if they, if they pick up Marc-Andre Fleury with the two, the two big players they have there, e- easily, arguably, top three, um, they, are, they could be a serious team. Um, uh, Colorado also, uh, even though they're a really good team, they've struggled a little bit with goaltending, and we could see a swap for um, their goaltender, uh, Darcy Kemper, um, who has struggled a little bit this season for Marc-Andre Fleury to get some stability in net. Um, and they're and in that win-now mode. So. They are in heavy win-now mode. If they don't win within the next five years, it's going to be a really rocky slope for uh, Colorado. And then lastly, uh, this one's not nearly as important, but he's been, a tra- he's been in trade rumors for a good amount of his career. He's been very solid for Arizona, who we'll probably talk about later. He has not played terribly great uh, on offense like he did last year. He scored around 41 points in 56 games, which for a defenseman, that's pretty spectacular. You don't see many defensemen putting up that many points. But this year, in 37 games, he only has two goals and 11, uh, 11 points. He's, not, he's had a hard time staying out of the penalty box, almost 40 penalty, penalty minutes. Um, he's only got one power play goal, and he's only, he's, the shift has gone from offense to defense. He's playing 23 minutes a night. He's their, he's their, he's their number one defender. Um, and he's eating minutes, uh, and it's not really working because Arizona's also pretty terrible this year. Um, I see him moving probably, uh, I've heard a lot of rumors about Carolina, um, but another playoff team that could be wanting to make that push is Washington. Washington needs help on defense. Uh, They have collapsed as of recently, and they could use uh, a player like Jacob Chikorin if they could afford the cap space. If they could make that move work, I think that would be a good good addition to their blue line. And they're in the wild card right now. They are. So do you think that could propel them into a playoff? An actual playoff spot? Um, no, because the East is so stacked that it, it's going to be hard to move one of uh, New York or Carolina, because uh, those are the teams they're going to have to be fighting against for a for a division spot, uh, okay. w- rather than a wild card. Uh, moving into standings, um, I want to start with the East. The East is in. 
it's hard to judge. I, I honestly want to say these conferences, uh, East and West, are pretty they're pretty well put together. I mean, there there's some really solid teams. There's there's a good amount of fierce competition on both sides. Um, in the Metropolitan, uh, we have the Pittsburgh Penguins topping with 30, a 31, 11, and 8 record. Um, they had a really good season this year. Um, they were out. Most of their star players were out uh, starting this season. Uh, Brian Russ, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, um, just Chris Letang. They were all struggling with injuries as they have throughout their careers. I mean, it's, it's actually astonishing they've been able to win three cups with that core. Uh, given how injury prone they are. Uh, next, we have the white hot Carolina Hurricanes, who are just keep getting better and better every year. Um, they they continue to be a, an extremely good team. Uh, they've been good for the past four years, um, and they look like to be serious contenders this year. Uh, along with Pittsburgh, uh, I have them marked as contenders. Um, looking at number three, the New York Rangers. Um, they're, also, they're not looking as much as contenders, but they are making a lot of noise this year with uh, some of their star power finally stepping up and, and answering the call that they've been looking for for the past four years as well. Uh, they've struggled with uh, playoffs. They, they got the chance to do play-ins uh, this year with, um, or uh, excuse me, 2020 uh, with COVID hitting and everything. Uh, they did lose to Carolina, but they are finally living up to their potential. Uh, moving to the Atlantic, we have the powerhouse, in my opinion, the top contender from the East, Florida Panthers. Um, they are a deep team throughout the roster. They've got good goaltending, great defense, great scoring, um, and they're, they're going to be a hard team to beat in the playoffs. Are they your favorite? For the East, yes. They are my, they are my contention team that I think have the best chance of winning. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> Next, Tampa Bay. The two Florida teams, for whatever reason, are absolutely dominating the, the hockey world uh, as of late. Tampa Bay, 32-11-6. Spectacular team. Um, and they've won. They're going for the three-peat. They're, they've won the last two Stanley Cups. And I wouldn't be surprised if I saw it happen. Uh, I would not count them out of the playoffs, especially when they're fully healthy. Um, and then lastly, Toronto, who struggles in the playoffs. They are a really fast and high-scoring team. But they've had some defense issues as of late, and they have no depth scoring. Um, they, they have really good goaltending that could carry them over the hump this year, but it's been a struggle in the playoffs as well. Um, looking at the wild card, uh, my actually second favorite team, Washington Capitals, um, started the season really, really good, but really plateaued as of late. Um, goaltending struggled. Uh, defense has been god-awful, and the coaching schemes are looking worse and worse. Uh, recently, are they making adjustments that are needed, or are they just kind of sticking That's with the what problem. they've got? They are they're having a hard time adjusting to the competition, and so they're dropping games pretty pretty heavily um, in in pretty bad fashion too. Um, and then lastly, in the East, we've got Boston, who's had a lot of question marks walking into the season. Their top goaltender for the past decade um, actually recently just retired, but was questioning whether he would return. Their goaltending situation is looking rocky. Um, they have uh, Buffalo's previous goaltender, who has been pretty solid. Um, and then they have Thomas Swayman, who's been, uh, he's been decent. Uh, he hasn't really proven himself at the, the pro level yet, but I definitely think uh, within the next few years, he could make some noise. Uh, moving to the West, my, my favorite uh, out of the entire league for the Cup, and probably that will win the President's Trophy, is the Colorado Avalanche. Um, they, are, they are the best team in the league. 
Uh, they have so many good pieces. They have three of the best forwards in the league. Uh, no, probably arguably, arguably five. Some of the best defenders. Um, the only real issue is shaky goaltending. Um, they, they haven't had very solid goaltending the past three years. But if they're able to make a move before the trade if deadline. They, if they pick up Marc-Andre Fleury, they're winning a cup. I, 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 will put that, I will put money on that, that they would win the cup with Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, second, Minnesota Wild, they, they are also a serious contender. They've picked up a lot of pieces. Their, uh, their Russian um, superstar, who has just emerged after getting drafted in 2015, fifth-round draft, absolutely unheard of, Kirill Kaprizov, making a lot of noise. He scored at a point-per-game pace last year, which in the NHL is actually kind of difficult to do. Um, he, he played extremely well, and he's been playing extremely well, too. Uh, their top line has been lights out. Uh, their goaltending has been surprisingly pleasant, and their depth is, is incredible. I mean, they're a strong team up and down. Um, and St. Louis had a lot of questions. They're the number three team walking into the Central. They've had a lot of problems the past two years. Last year was really shaky. Um, they had a lot of issues with their star goaltender, Jordan Bennington. Uh, he has a very short temper. And he's been mediocre uh, the past two seasons, to put it frankly. Um, he's been okay. Uh, but he's, he's started to get better this season. Um, Vili Husso, his backup, has actually started to um, step up a little bit and be a backup rather than a fill-in. And they've got some good pieces uh, looking around the roster. I mean, they've, they've made some acquisitions that were a little questionable coming into the offseason. Um, they had some issues with one of their star players, but those things seem to have ironed out with their third in the central record. And uh, actually, I think they might be third or fourth uh, in the West altogether. Um, moving to the Pacific, we talked about Calgary a little bit earlier. Yep. Calgary's a serious team. They're nowhere near as serious as, uh, as, Colorado. The, as Colorado. But they, are, they, they came out swinging this year after people had heavy doubts. Um, there was actually talks this, uh, this offseason that they were going to, you know, break up the core. They were going to sell parts of the team um, because nobody predict predicted them to be this successful. Their, their main star power has been their goaltending. Their tandem has been lights out. They've got 10 shutouts on the season, which that's a, that's an, a, that's a real accomplishment on its Do own. Do you happen to know how far ahead of that is compared to the rest of the league? Um, no, but I can't imagine. Either they're, they're either number two or number one in, in goaltending tandem. They've got to be pretty high up in... in um, I know for a fact their starting goaltender is high up in Vesna voting, uh, which is the NHL's version of best goaltender. Okay. So it's basically MVP for the people that don't really get looked at that often. Gotcha. And then the wild card... Uh, excuse me, sorry, we didn't finish the Pacific here. No, we're on the Vegas Golden Knights. So the Golden Knights have been a very uh, fun team to watch from their beginnings, but they're starting to, the public opinion is starting to turn sour. Um, as I mentioned, Marc-Andre Fleury earlier uh, was traded from Vegas to Chicago. Um, this is a really concerning piece of information to learn, but uh, the hockey world found out that he found out about him being traded to Chicago through Twitter. I think a lot of athletes, that happens to them, and I don't think many of them appreciate that, honestly. Normally when players are talking about, like, I found out on Twitter, or they'd much rather receive a phone call or an in-person conversation or even, like, a text from their GM or coach or management. Yeah. 
Okay, um, and then lastly, we've got Edmonton, who uh, I think would Mark Andre Fleury would be a good fit for, um, as he has been a very, very important goaltender uh, for the past decade for any team he's played on. And this is that's the position they need to fill. They've had lots of uh, of troubles this um, this season. Uh, they've had a coaching change uh, after the uh, previous coach, Dave Tippett, um, actually outright flamed their starting goaltender. Um, live on air. Uh, that's never a good sign. No, and that's how you know things were boiling over. Uh, they also had, um, they picked up a very controversial player in Evander Kane, and if any people listening know who that is, he's, uh, he's had his name in a lot of people's mouths for uh, majority of the season. Uh, just to list a few things that he's done, um, he's been accused of domestic abuse. Uh, he is roughly 20 to $30 million in gambling debt. Um, presumably gambling on his own games, which is nothing you like to see. No. And he's been, throughout his entire career, a locker room cancer. Um, nobody has called him a good teammate. And in fact, there's a lot of people that would say he's one of the worst. Um, that, so that's, that's a huge story going forward for Edmonton, uh, especially since their stars have plateaued off uh, of their scoring pace they had earlier in the season. So it'll be, I think, uh, some of the more interesting stories coming out of the West will be um, Edmonton and probably Vegas with their um, their cap situation. Uh, and then they, Colorado being as mm -hmm. good as they are this Colorado year. Colorado will be a hard team to beat. Um, so if they choke in the playoffs, that'll be that'll be embarrassing. Wild card: um, Nashville and LA hold the one and two spot, but it is a very very tight race in the wild card with Anaheim, Dallas, and Winnipeg all within five points of each other uh, of wild card two spot. Um, Nashville has it by two, four points, so two, two victories or four overtime losses. Um, it's, it's a tight race in the wild card. It'll be fun watching that coming up to the deadline. Uh, we'll probably see some key pieces moving um, out of one of those teams to, to acquire someone else. Um, and uh, honestly, the LA teams uh, and the, the California teams in general have been extremely surprising uh, for how not bad they've been this year. Uh, I, a lot of, I and a lot of people thought they were not going to be very, very good based on their last two seasons, but through some free agency acquisitions and rookie call-ups, they've been spectacular. So um, this, this is going to be a more of a, a darker topic that we'll probably just glance over. Um, Arizona, uh, uh, we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, I want your opinion before I start to share some of the information. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit. Arizona is going to be playing in ASU's new uh, arena uh, for yes. the next three to four years. Which? Do you think this is a good decision on the NHL's part? I mean, what other options do they have? Move. To different state? Find a buyer somewhere else or relocate them to a city that wants the team because it's clear that Glendale does not want Ari the, the Coyotes in their arena. I mean, I guess you could try to move the team. You have to, have, you have to find a buyer first. The, I will say, um, I, I have the, the front runner for a lot of the fans, people really want to see the, the Quebec Nordiques come back. Uh, that Quebec city is right outside of Montreal uh, within about 30 miles. Okay. That's a serious rivalry that used to exist back in the day but are now the current Colorado Avalanche. Um, so the rivalry's not really there as much, but that is a, a that and Houston are serious um, could be could have some serious okay. buyers for uh, for a team. I mean, Houston's always a good sports market. Uh huh. The They've Rockets. got passionate fans. Passionate fans. 
Rockets and Texans, although they're not very good right now, when they are good, there's their arenas are full. It's a good fan base, good city. Where would you like to see them go if if they are to move? Uh, because Kansas City, while although not a known location, Sprint Center's ready for a pro team. I mean, I would love to see more professional sports in Kansas City. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see an NBA team here. I mean, that would be awesome. But I mean, I'd take hockey. <laughs> I mean. Pro sport's a pro sport. But, I mean, if from a financial decision, Houston's a big market. Quebec wouldn't be bad. I mean, I think one of those two cities would probably be the best fit for them, especially with reinstating that rivalry. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't have a great hockey knowledge. Hey, but. That's, you know what? That's fine. So, um, in my personal opinion... Uh, and a lot of others, we share the same view. Um, they should just move. Uh, it's not worth the the capacity of ASU Stadium uh, or Arena is five five thousand. Okay. That's tiny. And what um, were they coming from? Their current uh, actual they can hold around twenty to nineteen thousand in their current arena, but oh, they wow. average around eleven eleven thousand per game. That's that's more than double what they would be able to hold in uh, Arizona State University's new uh, new stadium. Um, Glendale. So I'll, some context. Um, Glendale cut the lease uh, with the uh, the Coyotes because they failed to pay rent and taxes, totaling roughly three million dollars in in debts. Which, for a struggling franchise that already can't put people in seats. That's that's hard. That's that's a hard pill to swallow for a yeah. lot of those Arizona fans. Um, they they paid the taxes part. Still have yet to pay the lease. Um, so rent's been due for a little while, and uh, the rumors of relocation have kind of fizzled out as they've signed this deal with Arizona, saying they're gonna play they're gonna play three to four years of, of hockey in there. While um, uh, <laughs> excuse me. While they look for a permanent solution, um, really, this is, a, this is a tough team for, for the West. Um, they, they've been pretty god-awful yeah, for, for the I past mean, six years. They're bottom of the West. Like, uh, they are, they are, the very they bottom, are bottom of the West. They, they suck, to put it, to put it nicely. Um, so they are bad. New ownership could really help this team get back on its feet a mm -hmm. little bit. That, now, I will say they have a heavy rebuild in their hands. Um, they, have, they have a lot of assets uh, walking into this season. Um, they're in a heavy rebuild, but, I mean, it, the rebuild may not survive. Um, the last topic I want to talk about before we wrap up this show, um, NHL's Jack Eichel. Um, previously with the Buffalo Sabres, a lot of concerns there. Um, as Buffalo could never put a team around him after him being their franchise corner for roughly five years after 2015. Um, he played for Buffalo uh, where frustrations boiled last season. He, um, the, the saga started when he injured his neck, um, wanted a revolutionary surgery of full disc replacement. Uh, Buffalo did not agree with that decision and adamantly stated uh, with, through new ownership that or not new ownership, uh, sorry, new management, that they were going to be very adamant of they're not changing positions, so no compromise. They're not going to be willing to take less than what they know Jack Eichel is worth in a trade. So they were very stubborn walking uh, near the trades. And uh, they, they played it basically like um, uh, not smartly at all. 
Um, they tanked Jack Eichel's trade value. Uh, they didn't even really get that much of a, of a good return for him. Um, and Jack Eichel had to sit out the rest of the, the season and majority of this season with, an, with recovering from surgery and trying to get traded to a team that would let him get the surgery. Um, Vegas, Vegas was kind enough to do it, and Vegas being the flashy team that they are, um, decided to trade for him. Uh, the return was uh, the Knights received Jack Eichel, uh, and Buffalo received uh, prospect Pr Peyton Krebs, uh, forward Alex Tuck, a 2022 first and a 2023 third. So they so, got quite the haul out of it. They did. Uh, Peyton Krebs is, uh, was their first round pick out of, I want to say, 2020. Okay. Um, so a solid player that could turn into a, an actual piece uh, after Buffalo drafted first overall uh, in the 2021 draft. And Alex Tuck, who's actually proven to be a very solid piece for Buffalo this season. Um, that 2021 first won't be very valuable, uh, or the, sorry, the 2022 first uh, and the 2023 third are probably going to be later round picks, so not worth terribly much, but they could still pick up a, a fine, act, uh, fine piece with that. The big thing to come out of this um, is questions surrounding uh, Buffalo's new management. And uh, just with the way they've handled it, you know. Um, Looks bad as an organization. If, if Portland was to do this with uh, uh, Dame, Dame, Dame Lillard. Yep. yep. If they were to do that with Dame Lillard, how would you feel? I mean, I wouldn't be too happy with it. And you're not really going to attract any free agents especially, to your team. Especially with the way you treat your injured you're players not treating like that. Your, players well yeah the the biggest I mean, thing to come out of it for you as a team absolutely uh the worst thing to come out of it was honestly um the kind of peer inside nhl contracts uh it was kind of dumbfounding for a lot of people that this player could not get this surgery only because his team didn't want him to i mean his own life and personal choices yeah. were affected were bound by a signature and a piece of paper i mean that's scary and that really puts things into perspective for the PA, who is probably going to re-sign a, a collective bargaining agreement within the next four years. So how do you think this is going to affect the NHL moving forward? I think you might. You're going to see a new PA come out. I mean, they're going to fight for the rights for players to get surgeries if they need them. And in this, in this situation, it seems like, from my point of view, that he needed surgery and you're refusing to let him get it, which... Not only is affecting his health, but also the future of his career. As you said, it tanked his value, and he had to sit out for a year, almost two years. Uh-huh. I mean, that can be incredibly hard to come back to a sport. Instead of, he could have been healthy by, when do you, when do you think oh, the earliest uh, would have The been? prediction was that if he got the, he would have been season ready if he got the surgery uh, when it was reported. So he would have been ready to go for Buffalo this season, and he probably would still be playing a Sabres jersey if uh, they had just let him get the surgery. So you're affecting a player's health and Their his play. future. He has been phenomenal for Buffalo his entire career. Uh, actually only played uh, his, season, his season debut was an 0-2 loss to the Colorado Avalanche. But that's the first of probably many games that Jack Eichel will spend in a Vegas Golden Knights uniform. Uh, he's going to be a seriously good player for them. And they're a serious team for con uh, contention this year. Um, They've got a lot of good pieces there, uh, and picking up Jack Eichel might just be, uh, that might just be the drop in the bucket that sends it overflowing. All right. Wrap it Go up. Go for it. All right, we're going to wrap this show up today. Thank you for joining us for our first episode. We're going to try to 
come out with a new one every two weeks? Uh, I believe so, bi-weekly. Uh, I think our next episode is going to be mostly focused on uh, futures of the NFL, so standings predictions, Super Bowl champion predictions. Moves um, in the offseason. Mm-hmm, rookies that might perform well, or I guess players, uh, newer players that are going to have a better better rookie, se- or uh, sorry, better season than last year. Um, I know I'll be watching for Justin Fields. Uh, that's a real story coming out of there, but we will see you guys uh, in two weeks. All right. Thank you. Nice job.